Good afternoon, everybody. It's Kevin Borba here with Caden Jarvis. Hello. You're listening to The Wind Column. Thanks for coming by. Well, I mean, you're not here, but thanks for listening. He also said good afternoon. What if they're listening in the morning? I mean, I don't know what time zone you're in, but um, it's the afternoon here, so that's what I'm going to roll with. Okay. So you're just going to have to accept it, and if it's not the afternoon, you're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. But today we're going to be talking a little bit of NFL, a little bit of NFL, a little bit of a new segment, like a little bit of a new segment that we call what we hate in sports just because there's so many random things that go on in sports and it's like there's no reason for that and then we're going to talk some college football with some heisman who we think is going to win and then we got to talk some baseball playoffs and we're going to talk about caden's browns and why they're struggling so much and then we're going to close the show off with are we watching that which is our segment where we talk about if we're going to watch what's happening this week in sports so starting off with the nfl we're going to talk about who we have winning the mvp Caden and me both disagree with who we have because I have Christian McCaffrey, the running back from the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. He's freaking amazing, to say the least. Yeah. Um, fantasy owners love him. I think he's a top scorer in fantasy. And the Panthers love him because he's keeping them relevant without Cam Newton there. Who is your MVP? I have Russell Wilson. I think he's just carrying that Seahawks team. I mean, they're a good team, but Russell Wilson is having his best year yet after getting paid. And I, I agree with you. I think Christian McCaffrey is a viable option for it. But the last non-quarterback to win the NFL MVP was 2012 Adrian Peterson in his 2,000-yard year. So until uh, we see another running back with those types of numbers, that I mean, Christian McCaffrey... Let me read you his numbers right now. Go for it. Because they're pretty, they're pretty amazing for like what point we're at in the season. I think they've only played... How many games have they played? They... In the NFL, teams have only played one, two, three, four, five at the most. So, in five or four games, I don't know if they've had their bye week, he has 587 rushing yards, on five, averaging 5.6 yards a carry, which is a career high for him, and he has six touchdowns already, and he he had seven all of last season. Yeah. So he's at he's basically at his total from last season, and he's, he's probably going to eclipse maybe 1,500 yards or 1,300 yards at the most. Because with Cam Newton out, they can't rely on Kyle, Kyle Allen the whole time. Yeah. So Christian McCaffrey's def, definitely going to be getting the rock, and they throw it to him a lot. Yeah. That kid was bred to play football. Dude, his family is like the, the most athletic. Let me read his, you. His dad, Ed McCaffrey, played for the Broncos, was John Elway's guy. Let me give you, let me give you the family history. His mom played D1 soccer at Stanford. Right. His aunt... Both of his brother. One of them is a D1 quarterback at Michigan who's uh-huh. backing up Shea Patterson, who's probably going to be the heir to the Michigan quarterback throne. His other brother is an, an or was an NFL wide receiver. He's going to try out for the XFL. And then he has... His aunt was a D1 basketball player. His, his, gran, his grandfather won the silver, med, silver medal and the 100-meter dash in the 1960 Summer Olympics in Rome. As a, as a Caucasian man. As a Caucasian man. And... His uncle Billy became a legend in the Pennsylvania Rust Belt and and later won a national basketball basketball championship mm-hmm. with Duke. Yeah. So they have a long blood of sports yeah. in them. Uh, and with Cam, if Cam Newton comes back, I don't think he will. That's gonna hurt McCaffrey because Cam Newton's gonna have something to prove, and he's the one who decides McCaffrey gets the rock on those. Read option. I think Cam Newton's kind of on the hot seat for I his job so right now because Kyle Allen has come in and he hasn't done exceptionally well, but he's done good enough to where if Cam Newton comes in and struggles, they have no problem going back to Kyle Allen. I can't see them. If Kyle Allen starts to pick up, 
I can't see them going, okay, Kyle, thanks for your service. Like, go grab a seat and grab a clipboard and you're done. Yeah. If Kyle Allen is doing good, they might just let him have the job and trade away Cam Newton or just not, like, re-sign Cam Newton because Cam Newton has shown that he can't stay healthy. And ever since they lost the Super Bowl to the Broncos when they got utterly destroyed, yeah. Cam Newton hasn't really done anything. No. Like, he hasn't. They were undefeated that season until, I want to say, week 14 or 15. And then after that, they really haven't done anything. So I think it'd be bad for the league as a business if McCaffrey wins the MVP. And why do you say that? Well, with all the running backs holding out, it's going to – with Le'Veon holding out, Zeke holding out, Melvin, they're going to say, well, running backs are becoming more important, so we're going to hold out more. See, I don't think running backs will ever be at a point in the NFL where they're going to be the most important player on the team because – would you rather have a running back like Christian McCaffrey and have to pay him the most money in NFL history, or would you rather have like a running back by committee, which the Eagles did, and they won the Super Bowl with because they had Jay Ajahi, um, Darren Sproles, Darren Sproles, Coleman, like, uh, and now they have Miles Sanders. Yeah. So teams like that have running backs by committee. The Patriots always have running backs by committee. They have Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White, and a lot of other people that could like go in there and run the ball. Tom Brady, of course, he's a thousand-yard rusher on his career. He could run the ball. No, I'm just kidding. You don't want Tom Brady running the ball, but you know what I mean. Like you, you could almost draft three running backs, like in the fifth through seventh round, have them come in and just be like a running back by committee, and that's almost better than having one solid running back. Yeah. So other than those two, could you see, I don't know, like Aaron Donald, perhaps winning the MVP? Yeah. I think with the Rams' struggles, no, just because last year the Rams were. He was dominant, and the Rams were good. Yeah. But when you're a dominant defensive player and the Rams are bad, like it doesn't do much for you. I did see, I forgot, I think he was from CBS. I don't remember his name. He had Quentin Nelson, the offensive lineman from the Colts, winning the MVP. And mm-hmm. I feel like that would be interesting just because like people would be infuriated yeah. if he won. If offensive lineman won the MVP, people would be pissed. I don't think that will ever happen. Like I don't even think people know what kind of stats offensive linemen can register. Like. They could register pancakes, like they could register um, sacks given up. That's all I know, to be honest. Yeah. Like I, I just think that he's an MVP caliber player, but he plays a non-MVP position, if that makes sense. Like the MVP yeah. is not made for offensive linemen to win. Which it kind of sucks because they don't. If you don't have a good offensive line, oh, your team's gonna be awful. Look at the Browns. Yeah, I mean the Browns were basically handed the Super Bowl before the season started. And now they don't even have. I don't even think they're above five hundred. I think they just two, dro- two, two and three. three. They just drop below five hundred. We're gonna get to their struggles later in the episode. Yeah. But oh lord, are the Browns bad right one, now? One more guy that you could see winning the MVP. One more guy. Um, I had to go with Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP. Okay. Just because, I mean, he is struggling a little bit right now. He was started off really hot. I think mm-hmm. he was leading. I think him and Lamar Jackson were leading the league in yards and touchdowns. But the past couple of games, he's been dinged up. He hurt his ankle. Yeah. So that kind of slowed him down. Once and then, he gets Tyreek back. Tyreek's too. coming back in the next couple of weeks. So I think I think there's only room to improve for Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy to say because he's literally probably the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. When he's healthy. When, 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 when he's healthy, healthy, he's doing something no, we haven't seen before. He has an absolute bring, rifle. He's bringing the college game to the pros, and it's working. It's working tremendously, and I just think that people in the pros weren't ready for it. And honestly, I don't even think – which I feel like he expected himself to play this well, but at the same time, I don't feel like he expected himself to thrive this much because he was never, like, amazing at Texas A&M. Like, Texas Tex- Tech. Or Texas Tech, excuse me. Texas Tech was never the team that was contending in the Big 12 while he was there. No. But there were games against Oklahoma where he threw for, like, 800 yards. Yeah. So he, it's it's always been in him. It's just, like, 
I don't think he would ever could imagine like his career taking off this much. And Andy Reid's system is working perfectly for him. Tremendously. Too. So, who was your MVP? Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Se- who's your second? Uh, McCaffrey. McCaffrey, and then third? If It depends on how the rest of the season goes, but I'd say Aaron Donald. I think he kind of got snubbed a little bit last year. It's just because he plays a non-glamorous position. If you can win MVP as a defensive lineman in this day and age in the NFL, you're doing something right because it's literally the league is built for you not to succeed. There's there's no targeting, no leading with the crown of your helmet. You can't put your weight on the quarterback, so it's harder to tackle him. You can't hit him two seconds after he throws the ball. You can't even hit him sometimes while he's throwing the ball. It's basically two-hand touch for defensive linemen. But that that, – Division's going to be very competitive this it's year. It's already competitive. Yeah, the, the 49ers. Once are, they start playing everybody, because, I mean, we'll see Aaron Donald against Russell Wilson. We're we'll gonna, see him against Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to see how real the 49ers are. I think they're the biggest surprise of the season for me. Well, I have two biggest surprises, the 49ers being undefeated and the Browns being this bad. Yeah. But the 49ers are undefeated, and their defense is picking it up. Nick Bosa's Bosa looked good. He's I mean, stud. he kind of hurt me a little bit when he sacked Baker and did a little flag plant celebration. Honestly, watching that live, I had no idea what he was doing. And then, like, after on Instagram, where people were like, oh, he, he planted the imaginary flag. I was like, oh, okay, I needed that. Because he's just, like, waving his hand. I was like, is he stirring a pot? Is he, like, mi- is he making soup? I don't know. I couldn't tell. But George Kittle, too, ma- looks Making good. soup or planting a flag, he was tearing it up. Yeah. George Kittle does look good. He did... He won me my fantasy game. I needed him to score 18 points, and he scored 20. So shout-out to George Kittle. Yeah, I have the, thanks, George. I have the two tight ends set in fantasy football. I have Will Disley and George Kittle, so I'm thriving right now. But moving on to Heisman talk, some college football. Some college football. This I, I think this year is the deepest that we've seen in Heisman contenders and national championship contenders. I agree with that because last year the Heisman was basically two as to lose until Kyler Murray started picking it up because for the first half of the season, it was literally Tua's winning the Heisman, and it's just going to be like... And a he ma- tweaked his ankle a little he, bit. Yeah, he got hurt, and then the SEC championship game where he had to come out and Jalen Hurts basically like reversed what happened in the national championship game Yeah, where Tua replaced him. He replaced Tua, so Tua kind of like fizzled off at the end, but I just think it was because he had no fourth-quarter experience. Yeah. I don't think Tua played in a fourth quarter of any games last year until they played LSU. Or maybe a little bit before that. Yeah. Because they were blowing everybody out by by 40 points. Except for Old Dominion at halftime. Oh, no, the Citadel. The Citadel, that's right, the Citadel. 10-10? Yeah, that was, that was crazy. I think I think in the third quarter that they probably scored and just, yeah. like, destroyed the Citadel. But you know what I mean? And then Kyler did something that we've never seen with basically from a quarterback with how dynamic he was as a thrower and on his feet. One of the most efficient, accurate quarterbacks in college history. I think he might be the, the most efficient. Yeah. So... That was like it was basically a two horse race with Dwayne Haskins there just to fill a chair because I'm pretty sure you have to have three Heisman finalists at the least. Yeah, we all knew he wasn't. Getting he it. wasn't gonna get it. He did have like 50 touchdowns, but he wasn't elusive enough. He wasn't exciting enough. But this year, I'll give you my Heisman contenders first, if that's okay with you. Go for it. I have Jalen Hurts first, which pains me to say he's an Oklahoma guy, and this would be Oklahoma's third straight Heisman winner. Never been done. Which is impressive. Um, it's almost been done because people won back to back. But yeah. didn't that guy go to Oklahoma? The guy that won back to back? No. He Ohio went to Florida State. or Ohio, Ohio State. State. Ohio State. That's right. And then, so I had Jalen Hurts, and then I'm gonna go Joe Burrow, the quarterback from LSU, because okay. he's leading the, everybody in passing. LSU is the highest scoring offense in the nation, mm-hmm. and they used to be an offense that like you just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, play action pass, like five yard pass. Yeah. Now they're like airing it out. They basically have an air raid offense. They were a team that got blown out by Alabama. 
They were they got a team shut that, out last year, right? Yeah, they well they tried to run the ball against Alabama and like that's not going to work. Yeah. When, especially when you're down by three touchdowns and you're running the ball still like you're yeah. so LSU was so predictable and that was a problem. They had they well I mean they did have a great running backs like Leonard Fournette and Darius Geis, but their problem was they would just run the ball, run the ball and then when they needed to pass like it was too late. Like everybody knows you're gonna pass, so they're just clamping down on the receivers. Do we even know who their quarterback was last year? It was Joe Burrow. It was. Yeah, okay. he. It was his first year transferring from that Ohio was his State. First year transferring. Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't rough. It just once LSU lost to Florida, their season kind of like was extinguished. Which they play them this weekend. And I love, I love the coach for LSU. I can't Ed understand Ed Ord- him. Ed yeah, he sounds like the coach from the Water Boy. He does. I can't understand him, but he seems like a fun guy. Fun guy to play for. LSU has a great offense and a great quarterback, and I think the way Joe Joe Burrow's played this year, I think he might go in the first round of the NFL draft. I think he's probably the best passer in the draft, without a doubt. I think yeah, I think it'll go him, Tua. Well, not in this order, but the quarterbacks that I see getting taken are Tua, um, Joe, Jake from State Farm, Jake from State, Joe Burrow, Jake from State Farm, Jake from State Farm, and then Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon. He had a lot of hype last season and. Honestly, Oregon's playing better than they were last season. Yeah. And if Jacob Eason decides to leave, he could. The quarterback from Washington, yeah. the Georgia transfer. question. Do you still feel the same about Oregon as we did in the beginning? Um, I think they're better, but I don't think they're a national contender. No. I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 will make it to the playoff this year. And then I get, those are my top two, Jalen, Joe. And then I'm going running back at three. Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin is absolutely destroying everything in sight. Like, he... He ran for, I believe, five touchdowns in the last game, or he had five touchdowns total. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's tearing it up. Who are your three? My top three, I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go Jalen, and it's not because. No, honestly, I had Jalen. Yeah. your guys' leading passer and rusher. Yeah. Like, he's the best running back you have on the team. See, I don't think that. I think. He's the best running option right now. I think, uh, no, we got a Juco transfer, Ramondre Stevenson. He you guys better watch out for him this week. Okay. He, it, I it, mean, he's like Marshawn Lynch a little bit. Texas, all we could do is defend the run. Right now we're missing like four or five, maybe even six defensive players, and it's really hurting us as we're ranked like 126th in the nation defending the pass. Yeah. But it's not our fault. Everybody's getting hurt. It's just untimely. So hopefully we could still hang in there. I think our offense is good enough this year to where we could actually like outscore people and not have to match them. Mm-hmm. Texas had like a disease. I'm going to go off on a tangent real quick. Go for it. Texas had a disease last year, and it was the fact that they couldn't outscore anybody. They had to match people. Like in the Red River Rivalry Showdown, whatever it's called, shootout. shootout, excuse me, The we were up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And then Kyler worked and then Kyler Magic. We, like, couldn't decided to not score anymore because it's like three touchdowns, that's okay. So we kept running the ball, running the ball, not getting first rounds. We weren't killing the clock enough. So Kyler Murray kept getting the ball back, and then all of a sudden we were relying on a freshman kicker to win the game. Stupid Dicker the kicker. Stupid Dicker the kicker. That's, can, I say, can I say that on the air? I D- think Dicker the kicker. Yeah, that's his name. Oh, so okay. it works. And then it would just be like teams against like games against Tulsa. We wouldn't like t- games that we were supposed to blow people out. Mm-hmm. We were winning by like a touchdown. And then the Big Twelve Championship, you it was a low scoring game. Yeah, and relatively. And then when we played against Georgia, we were beating them by I think three or two touchdowns, and then all of a sudden we let them back in the game. Yeah. So we've kind of gotten over that point where we're like letting teams back in the game. So I'm kind of happy to see that. But continue on with your t- your so, bottom three. So Jalen, top two, I mean. Jalen, because Lincoln Riley is such a great coach. He works towards his quarterback strengths, and we've seen how different the offense is from when Baker was there to when Kyler was there. And now with Jalen there, it's more quarterback running, uh, 
oriented. I mean, he still is. He's throwing. He's shown the ability to throw the ball, though. Yeah, but it's not a great ability to throw the ball. I'm, he's I mean, not the best thrower on the team. Uh, it's pretty good. It's it's good, but he's he's not the best on the team. Second, I'm gonna go. Um, I like Joe. I like Joe Burrow. I think I don't want to be boring and say the same people you picked, but Joe going into to Austin, going into Austin and winning. That's something. I think that's, that's the most impressive do. win so far in college yeah, football. It's tough to do. Uh, I think it's Jalen's to lose. I think if Jalen, if he loses this week, he's not winning it. Well, yeah, because of how deep everybody is. Like you can even talk. You know what? Instead, I'll go Joe Burrow, and then my number three, I'm going to go Justin Fields. Oh, I like that one. Ohio State's really good. I actually have Ohio State making it the championship, I believe. Okay. Or no, I had them losing in the first round. But honestly, after what I've seen. Yeah, I Ryan Day's done a, a great job with them. Their uh, defense is so good. Urban, Yeah, Urban Meyer was a good coach. But I think, he I think, never put that, put that on the field. Such a prolific. Uh, he also didn't have Justin Fields. Offense. Yeah. Which Urban Meyer, Meyer has never had a quarterback that could either, like he's never had a Justin Fields type quarterback, a dual threat type guy. Like he had JT Barrett, Cardale Jones. Um, JT was semi mobile, not a great thrower. Cardale was a great thrower, very immobile. <laughs> and then Dwayne Haskins, great thrower, very mobile. So this well, guy's Stephen A. Smith thought he was a pure runner. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith's judgment on that was rough. Even Dwayne Haskins tweeted saying, "If I'm the best runner on the team, we're in trouble." Yeah. So when a quarterback says that, like I think his forty yard dash was in the fives. So yeah, but I, I would go Justin Fields and Tua as three A three B. Okay, and then Jonathan Taylor at four. Yeah, you just don't think it's a running back award anymore? Well, not anymore. Um, running backs used to win the Heisman, believe it or not. Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, um, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush, Re- Ricky Williams. Re- I mean, Reggie Bush doesn't count anymore. But yeah, but he, he still he won. He won it. Um, a lot of running backs. Bo Jackson. I think with the. Uh, the way often, the way college football and just football in general it's has centered like, around the quarterback. Yeah, it's a quarterback's award to win, or a quarterback's award to lose, basically. Yeah. So they're gonna, the top five will probably be quarterbacks, and Jonathan Taylor is probably gonna be third in voting, but he'll probably be like the best player. And one name neither of us said, who everybody thought was going to be, like, the savior this year, Trevor Lawrence. He was yes. Trevor was my Heisman pick. When we did our um, yeah, I two, think, I think mine too. Too early, but I think Trevor is well. He just came out and said he has a shoulder injury that he's been trying to play through. So excuses. They, we don't know if that's true. Well, have you seen the shoulder pads he wears? He's wearing like punter shoulder shoulder pads. He's a small guy. I mean, put he, some protection on your body. He just wants to be able to unleash the cannon, which he I think is his been problem. Doing a great job of. He, that's been his problem. Is that I think he's always looking for the big throw. And I think sometimes he just needs to go through his progressions and throw it to the checkdown guy. And when you're struggling in a, the ACC against North Carolina. Okay, North Carolina's looking pretty good, though. Okay, Mac Brown is a great coach. We know that. <laughs> or North Carolina's better than I thought they would be. Yeah, but, I mean, Syracuse. I mean, teams like that, if you're struggling against. I, I just think he's pushing, mean, the, pushing the envelope too much. Like they're, I think he's just trying to do so much that it's affecting his game. And then. Somebody from ESPN, I forgot who it was. They said he looks bored. So, looking a little Jay Cutlery. He just need well, it's bad for him to look bored cuz he's only a sophomore. So he has this year and next year left before he can leave. Yeah. And I think when you hear cuz last year a lot of NFL commissioners or not commissioners, GMs. GMs said if he came out last year, he'd be the number 1 overall pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. And that's he was 19 or 18 as a freshman, so that's amazing. He's regressing a little bit. I think he's just regressing because he has so much expectations and so much um, 
like hope for himself that it's kind of slowing him down. Yeah, I I don't like when people put a lot of uh, hype and expectations onto guys coming into a new year. I mean, it's a new year. It might be the same team, but I'm, you never know what's going on in their off season. I'm still on the Trevor Lawrence hype train, though. Mm-hmm. I did tell Caden before he got into high school that Trevor Lawrence will go down as the best college quarterback ever, and if not one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. So I hope he lives up to that hype because that was a very bold statement for me to make. Yeah, with uh, with the year he's having now, I don't think it'll happen. It could happen. It, yeah. I mean, I still it, think Tim Tebow's. The- if he turns it around and wins the championship again, back to back, say Trevor Lawrence wins a championship all three years of college or four years if he stays four years. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's leaving after next year though. Yeah. I think if he wins, because they have DJ Ugalele coming in from St. St. John Bosco. I think that's the best I've ever pronounced it. DJ Ugalele. Yeah, I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say that's it. How, that's, that's how it's going down here? But he's that's how it's going down. He's the number one ranked quarterback in the nation in mm-hmm. high school right now. So I think he'll sit one year behind Trevor, and I think Trevor would beat him out just yeah. because if Dabo picked Trevor over, I mean, if he picked DJ over Trevor, I feel like he'd be looked at as the stupidest guy ever, unless Trevor sucks. Yeah. I guess, unless he starts to suck. Uh, one other guy that neither of us talked about, which is kind of funny because we talked about him before the show, before we started recording, about how he doesn't get enough recognition. Oh, my boy. Sam Ellinger. My guy, yeah. Sam has 17 touchdowns, one interception on the year. or I think three interceptions on the year now. Two interceptions? Two or three. Mm-hmm. And he's just quietly dominating. Yeah. And he's, he's literally the reason Texas is back. If, if we're considered – we're definitely back. Back. You guys can't see the the air quotes, but back. We were five and seven, and like seven and five, and so now we're now the fact that we're contending for Big Twelve championships, mm-hmm. and people see us in the national. We started the year off in the, the top ten. That's being back. Yeah, I don't care. I going back to Tim Tebow. He kind of reminds me of, of Tim Tebow a little bit. Just doesn't have. He's a better, he's a better thrower. thrower. He's de- no doubt. Sam Ellinger is one of the most. He actually holds a record for most passes without interception at three hundred and twenty six. So, and he looked bad early in his career at Texas. Oh, he was awful. I would always text Kane and tell much how much I hated him. And I think one t- there was a tweet I liked, which I don't regret liking it, but I would say I'm wrong now. It said that Sam Ellinger finds, out, finds ways to lose games. Yeah. I Be- mean- because we played against USC in overtime. He fumbled at the one-yard line trying to run it in. And then he also threw an interception at Oklahoma State where he was getting sacked and he just decided to throw it as high up in the air as he could. Interception, I think it was a pick six. Yeah. He did that a couple times on the season. I was honestly rooting for Shane Bouchel, which shout out Shane Bouchel. SMU? Who's got the SMU Mustangs ranked in the top 25. They're undefeated. First time it's since like 1986. First time since they were given the death penalty because of illegal recruiting mm-hmm. and stuff like the fun stuff. The fun stuff. And so shout out to Shane, but I always thought Shane was better than Sam, but mm. Sam's proved me wrong. Yeah, uh, he doesn't have the leadership quality that Tim Tebow has. He's a pretty good leader, but not Tim Tebow. I don't. I just don't think he's as um, Tim Tebow. Even though he was like a polarizing, an, a polarizing like nice guy. I think Sam Ellinger's a leader in the locker room, mm-hmm. whereas Tim Tebow was like a leader like in the media. He was a lot more vocal and yeah. outspoken. Well, Tim Tebow, everybody else. Tim Tebow was an icon when he played. Like yeah. Tim Tebow even said that when he was in college, he was third in jersey sales in the world behind LeBron and Kobe. Mm-hmm. So that just shows how like crazy good uh, and impactful of a player Tim Tebow was. So that concludes our Heisman voters, mm-hmm. or our Heisman votes. So now we're going to do like our new segment, which this could be a weekly thing depending on how it goes. It's just what we hate in sports because there's a lot of things that we hate. We're just going to briefly say them, briefly talk about them. Mm-hmm. I'll start off. I hate how in the NFL and soccer and hockey – 
that it can end in tie. Oh yeah, ties suck. It. I like the analogy of it's like kissing your sister, because it really just like you didn't do enough to win, but at the same time you didn't do enough to lose. And if you think a tie is a win, I hate you. How do you think they should be able to settle ties in football? Do you think they just keep going like first to score after the fifth? Or well, do you, honestly, do you think they need to take the college rules into the NFL? Yes, absolutely. Because I, I, if they don't want to start them at the twenty-five because that's too easy, then start them at the fifty. Yeah. Because I'm tired of seeing like. A full-on court, like if they couldn't score in four quarters, then what makes you think that they're gonna be able to score? Like, just start them at the fifty. You'll probably see more touchdowns. It'll be more exciting than an overtime field goal to win the game. I mean, we had a tie. We've just had one tie this year, right? The yeah, Lions and the, the, the Cardinals, and it looked like they both kind of gave up and accepted that they were gonna tie. So that's what pisses me off is that like they get to a point and both teams like mutually agree that they're gonna tie. Or even in soccer, they'll just start passing the ball around and like allow the time to run out. How would you like to see? Well, well funky idea like a you know, like a shootout kind of field goal kickoff or field goal kick shootout i think it would be have the kickers go head to head move back after each one that would be interesting but i think that'd be disastrous because i just feel like kickers are missing more field goals than they ever have yeah or at least like more than i like i just feel like kickers are always missing now and i don't think we need a lot of people to lose jobs because it sucks when someone has a bad game they lose a job but yeah. kicking's like the cody parkey yeah kicking is like the one job in the nfl where like you don't get multiple chances. You have, like, it's a game. Every, every kick is a game winner. Every kick is a game winner because I think it was a Titans kicker, Cairo Santos. Okay. He went 0 for 4 last week, and the Titans lost by 7. You make the field goals, you win. You may, he makes three field goals, they win. Yeah. So, it just, that's something I don't like. What's something you don't like? I, I don't like how in, if you go to a baseball game, okay. you catch a foul ball, you catch a home run, you're expected to give it to a kid. I caught the ball. Yeah. Let me keep it. If I catch the ball, I'm not giving it to the little kid next to me. I've never caught a ball before. And if I, when I go to Angel Games, uh, I go with my uncle, my dad, and my little cousin who's, shoot, 12, 13? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I always tell my dad, I say, hey, if I catch a ball, I'm not going to give it to Mason. No. I'm not going to. If he wants the ball, he needs to catch it. Yeah. It's one thing if... I'm not going to fight him for it, like, like if it's on the ground. Even the guys that catch a ball from the other team and they give it to somebody else, that's, like, the only exception I'll make for giving the ball away just because, like, if I'm I'm an A's fan, Mm -hmm. so if I'm at an A's-Angels game and Mike Trout hits a home... Okay, now Mike Trout. Yeah, no, you're going to keep a Mike Trout ball. But, if say, Albert Pujols hits a home run. I'm not as connected to Albert Pujols. Like, I don't really care about Albert Pujols. He is one of the best players ever. But at the same time, there's probably an Angels fan that wants the ball more than me. Yeah. So I'll be like, okay, but if I get a Matt Chapman home run, you best believe I'm keeping the ball. If you say you caught uh, Pujols' 2,000th RBI ball. Okay, if it's like a a career ball, like I'm, I'm keeping it. But oh, Well, no, that, that's not the question. Are you going to keep it or are you going to give it back to Albert Pujols? I'll give it back to him. I, are you going to expect anything in return? Yes. You want, I'm what do you want? I'm, expe- I'm expecting a signed jersey. I'd, I'd want a bat. I'd I'd rather have a jersey, or like a sign, something signed. Yeah. I, I'd want a jersey no matter what, even if it's just a hang up. I'm not gonna wear it if it's signed, obviously. Now say, you didn't get to meet him. You don't get to personally hand him the ball. The security guard goes, give that to me. I'll exchange it and I'll bring you something. Are you still gonna do it? Or are you gonna say no? I want to give it to him personally. Yeah, I want to give it to him. Yeah. I want to give it to. One hundred percent. I want to give it to Joe. Yeah. I don't want to give it to Joe, the security guard. No. I'm. It, look, you're counting on me to give it back to you. I'm the one who has the power in this. I caught it. You're basically holding it for ransom. I mean, um, I think it was Barry Bonds' a home run ball. The kid caught it in a fishing net or whatever, the like the record-breaking one. People were, like, trying to mug him for it. Like, 
he wanted to sell it and like he he would make millions off that. Yeah, one hundred percent. So don't you don't have to give it to a kid. I hate that like so many unwritten rules in baseball. I, that's another thing I hate. I hate all the unwritten rules, but we're not going to dive into that. Do you that. remember that kid who caught the the ball and then switched it and gave? He already had a ball and he gave it to the girl. And the that girl was that like, was impressive. Oh. It was like a, probably like a thirteen year old kid, maybe twelve. Yeah. And there was like a a, a woman, a lady. She was probably like in her twenties. Yeah. And this kid gets a foul ball and he already had one, puts the foul ball that he just got in his glove. Yeah. In his glove and gave her a ball that I think he brought from home. That he already had. That he already had. So she, she was like, oh my gosh, she gave me like a game ball. And like this kid's just like, just like smiling at the camera. Like nobody caught it. He was sly about it. Yeah. That's what the best part was. And then I have two more things. Okay, tell me what you hate. Two more things to, to end the segment on. Uh-huh. I hate the prices of food at stadiums. Because oh, yeah. when I when okay. I go to a sporting event and I have to pay, it's already expensive to get in. Mm-hmm. And then you got to pay like... 50 bucks for a hot dog and a soda. I pay, I bought my Uncle George at an Angel game a $7 lemonade. And I said, that better be the best GD lemonade that you've ever had in your life. Drink half of it. Or you could just do what I did at the March Madness uh, Sweet 16 two years ago. Oh, yeah. He, that's, yeah. I drank, so it was an accident, but, I mean, it happens. He was thirsty. This lady and next... the water fountains, I'm going to add this, the water fountains at the Honda Center... They were scalding hot. Scalding hot, and the sodas at... That they sold at the thing were RC Cola. RC Cola. What the hell is that? I don't even know what RC Cola is. Yeah, come on, Honda Center. But the lady next to me left. An, old, an older lady. She left. I don't know if she went to the bathroom. Oh, she went to the bathroom or something. Yeah. She came back. She came back. And I accidentally grabbed her water. I wouldn't say it's an accident. I don't know. I, I don't remember what I was thinking. But I grabbed her water and ended up drinking it. And then yeah. she came back and was like asking her friend or her, her, her husband maybe yeah. what happened to her water. And he was like, oh, I don't know. And me and Kaden are just sitting there laughing because we realized that I had been drinking her water while she was gone. But that that was just me in defiance of having to buy myself a water. One other thing I hate, it kind of goes with the stadium food prices, the Chick-fil-A at the Atlanta Falcon Stadium. Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays. Why are you going to have a Chick-fil-A at an NFL stadium that they play on Sundays? So the Chick-fil-A is closed during their game. They probably get it twice a year, like Monday and Thursday Monday night. Monday and Thursday night game, or like if a concert's there or something like that. It just seems... Well, you don't, you don't get it if you're a football fan, like unless you have a Monday or Thursday game. Yeah, it just seems pointless to me. We need a Chick-fil-A here. You're going to put it in a stadium where it's going to make no money. I Bring think, me one. I think they just picked the wrong sport. And then my final thing that I hate in sports... Tell it to me. Bandwagons. Bandwagons. Literally the whole Golden State Warriors fan base. Shout out. Because Shout out, Edward. Shout out, Edward, my cousin. <laughs> I always say he's a bandwagon. He, he's a pretty loyal fan now, but I'm going to say he's a bandwagon just to mess with him. The rise of the Warrior fans in whatever year that was. The Warriors were all of a sudden really good. They had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, whatever. And then all of a sudden they had the biggest fan base in the league. And I'm like, okay, name the team from last year. And people are like, oh, I don't know. Same exact team, just a different coach. Yeah, just, yeah. So bandwagons, they really grind my gears. That's something that I just despise about sports because it's you, you don't if, know who the true fans are if you tell me that you're like hopping on the bandwagon i'll accept it mm-hmm. or like if it's like a team that you root for i'll accept it yeah like if like i'm i'm an ace fan but like say i'm rooting for like the diamondbacks or not the diamondbacks i would never root for the diamondbacks the like the braves because i like their young core which the braves just lost shout out to the cardinals they blew them out scored 10, 10 in the first in the first so, Record. but like, say I want to cheer for the Braves. I'm not a bandwagon because I'm just cheering for them. Yeah. But if the Braves win the World Series and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been a Braves fan my whole life. Like, no, I haven't. Like, no. Mm-hmm. 
So, speaking of baseball. Speaking of baseball. Clayton Kershaw. This is going to be a brief segment just because I'm sure Clayton Kershaw. Brief segment just like Clayton Kershaw's postseason. Oof. I mean, Clayton Kershaw just blew it in the postseason again. They were up 3-1, to one, and he gave up two home runs to tie the game, and they eventually lost. I have his Former st- Dodger hit the grand slam, Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick's been kind of a journeyman. But let me give you Clayton Kershaw's stats in the postseason. It's not anything special. It's actually really bad. So overall, in the postseason, in his career, he's 9-11, and 11, which is a 45 winning percentage. Your birthday. Not, it is my birthday. His ERA is a 4.43. That's rough. Compared to his career ERA of 2.44. And then let me go to home runs given up. This, these are all according, according to baseballreference.com. Home runs given up in the postseason, 24, which that's rough. Uh, yeah. And then you go to how many home runs he's given up in like the regular seasons. And you got to think, he's not pitching every game. He's pitching every, what, five days, four yeah. days? So, how many games has he pitched? And he's pitched 32 games in the postseason. And he's given up 24 home runs in those 32. That's basically almost a game, a uh, home, home run, run a game. game. Yeah. So Clayton Kershaw, I don't know if the Dodgers need to move on from. But are we gonna see? Is this the end of the uh, Kershaw era? Kershaw era. In it should be because they have what Walker. About the manager. They have Walker Bueller. No, I think they're still gonna stay with Dave Roberts. They have Walker Bueller, who's probably one of the best young pitchers in the in the league at the moment. And I just think that Clayton Kershaw, at least keep him to get you to the postseason, and then. Don't put him on your 25-man roster. I would like to see Kershaw stay in L.A., but to move teams. To the Angels? To the Angels. They need a pitcher. You want him to get there? to the pl- See, if you want Clayton Kershaw, I say you sign him for the regular season, allow him to help you get to the postseason, and then you just cut him. What? Cut him? Yeah. Or I, he could just fake an injury. I mean, whatever works. I just don't think he – I think he's proven in his attempts that he's not a postseason pitcher. So that's all we got for Clayton Kershaw. And now we're going to talk about the Browns. I'm very adamant about this because, you know, it's close It's close to home. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm an NFL fan. I like to follow my Oklahoma guys to where they go. So I follow the Browns, the Cardinals, the Giants, the Jaguars. You know, we got a lot of Sooners in the NFL. The Redskins have a lot. The Ravens have a lot. But I would say Baker's my favorite Oklahoma guy of all time, so I stick close with the Browns. The Browns suck so bad. I think Freddie Kitchens is. I I stand by. I don't think he will. What what is I, finish the season? I think I think he should because it's only his first full season. What is your opinion on the people saying that they should trade OBJ, Odo Beckham Jr.? I think um, it might be a little soon for that, but. I think you need to find a coach who can fit him into the system without forcing it. It's, I just, it's not flowing like they thought it would. I just think they have so many weapons that there's not... There's, there's too many mouths to feed. So you've got Odell, Jarvis, Baker, Chubb. Uh, you're going to have Kareem Hunt in week 10 or 11. Antonio Callaway. Antonio Callaway, who... David Njoku. David Njoku next year. As of right now, it's Ricky Seals-Jones. They just have so many people to get the ball, and there's only one ball, so it's hard to distribute... I do think it would be worth – if they could get a first for him, why not? Yeah. They need an offensive lineman really bad. Baker – okay, Baker looked really bad against the Niners. I think he's in his own head. I think he's getting hit too much because of how bad that offensive line is. He's not stepping up into the, in the pocket like a quarterback should. His, he's trying first, to, his first move is laterally. He's trying to outrun people laterally, and he's slow as hell. Yeah. Uh, it's He's not sticking to his, to his strengths. Lincoln Riley was so good at getting – receivers open mm-hmm. 
Freddy Kitchens is Baker's trying. He has to put it into these tight windows, uh, and the timing is is uh, it's off. It's off. It's just not a cohesive thing. I think Freddy needs to get out of there. Uh, John Dorsey's a good GM. He's a great GM. He's a wheeler and dealer type of guy. So, you know, it's possible they could trade Odell. It's possible they get rid of Freddie Kitchens. Personally, last year, <clears throat> I think they should have stayed with, I believe it was Greg Williams who was the interim coach, and Freddie just stuck to the uh, the offensive coordinator job. It, it, I compared it to, I compared him to Sylvester Stallone. Interesting. Because uh, when Sylvester Stallone, all he had to do was play Rocky, it was great. But in later movies, he had to write and direct, and they weren't as good. Right. So, like, in the new Creed movies, all he had to do was stick to playing Rocky. Got an Academy Award nomination for it. Yeah. So, so it's interesting to see where the Browns are going. Freddie, it, you know, and with all that that they have as a first-year coach, it's a lot to deal with. It is. Their defense doesn't look great. They're young, greedy, and uh, Denzel. Uh not probably not living up to what they they thought. Miles Garrett is being restricted due yeah. to the new rules. I think they should trade OBJ, get a first, get offensive linemen. It'll. I, I'm sure they'll turn around this season. Olivier Vernon's not. Yeah, I mean that was a bad. That trip. was a dumb trade. But Their yeah. left tackle is terrible. Greg Robinson, I believe. Yeah, out of Auburn. But the Browns are they're struggling. So let's let's move on to something that the people love. Okay. Okay. The people love it, Kevin. The people love it. We're going to do it. I love it. Are we watching? Are you watching? Sticking with the Browns. Browns-Seahawks this week. Um, I think it's a good quarterback matchup between the two, Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield. And the Seahawks are really good this year, and the Browns aren't. And I think if the Browns lose, it's going to be even worse for them. So I'm definitely watching. I'm going I'm going to watch as well. I think uh, they, they might have another bounce-back week like they did against the Ravens after they lost to the Jets, I believe. They came back, bounced back against the Ravens, scored 40 points. Uh, just lost to the Niners. Maybe they'll bounce back. Maybe they won't. Again, Russell Wilson might have a great game. Uh, MVP contender. And next we'll go, I believe this is tonight, as of the night of we're recording on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. 5 o'clock, Connecticut Suns versus the Mystics. Uh, WNBA Finals, the last game of the series, Game 5. Uh, will you be watching on ESPN2? I will not be watching because I have a lot of homework to do. Oh, is that the reason, Kevin? Is that the reason why? That's the why? reason. I will also not be G watching. Give me the last Are We Watching. The last Are We Watching. Uh, let's see. Let's go with the Nationals and the Cardinals. Um, I'll definitely watch game one of that because the Nationals are tearing it up this postseason. Mm -hmm. The Cardinals are surprisingly good. Their first postseason series win Yeah. the Nationals. The last time they won, without, I believe they were Without the, Bryce Harper. They, tra they got rid of him. Bryce Harper. So that'll be interesting to see. This is the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. We are the Wind Calm. I'm Kevin Borba. He's Kane Jarvis. And we'll see you guys next week.